The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. We're back. It's Friday, December 8th. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Did you get me anything for Christmas, Betts? Uh, you know, not yet. But oh, there might okay. be a beautiful picture of my family of four that might arrive in your mailbox sometime soon-ish. So just, yeah, maybe that's what we got for Christmas this year. I mean, we just sent ours out to you too, so I, I'm a <laughs> It'll fan. will be on our fridge in a couple of days. Yeah, I'm a big fan of getting Christmas cards from people and, you know, we display them in our house. Some people aren't so much. Like, I've had this conversation with Jason and he's just kind of like, eh throw it in the trash i'm like dude come on this is these are people they don't get to see very much and you get to see their family there are certain families that every year they they have like funny little quips or things they put in and i'm excited about it so i'm i'm a fan yeah i like it like same thing you said sometimes you see some old buddies from college or high school whatever you haven't seen them in a while you get caught up on things just you know briefly and and as a reminder be like hey i gotta reach out to you know so and so i haven't talked to them in like three or four months good reminder to do that so i like it i'm a fan um which is surprising because normally when we get mail i'm just like what is this we don't need this it's like you know catalogs and whatever else and it's just like this goes in the trash but um christmas cards no those go right up on the on the fridge my dude i don't know if i've ever shared my love for the mail i actually really do enjoy it and (laughs) you have not (laughs) as a kid i used to send baseball cards in the mail uh i also figured out I guess I was. it was early on that you could almost send, you can send anything in the mail if you have the proper postage. I don't know if you knew that. So like the container is kind of secondary. Do you know this? Yes. So like I've sent a, a sweet potato in the mail. Just just that, nothing else. Just a sweet potato. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, just, just so, to prove I could do it. And then in college, I figured out that you can use cereal boxes very easily to ship textbooks. Which, uh, if you're selling back textbooks, you got to do that. But I've shipped a frisbee in the mail, just a frisbee, nothing else. Like this, I'm a big fan. Uh, is today's Slate Breaker brought to you by the U.S. Postal Service? Oh, man, I, I I do use that site. Are you a hold mail guy when you're gone? Do you use that? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, U.S. I mean, I've had to change addresses a fair amount. You have too. So the mail gets a good shout out. Not our Slate Breaker today, which uh, I'm I'm actually pretty excited. <laughs> the one I chose today has no nostalgia to it. It's just a company I like. So we'll get to that. We'll get to our cash picks. The games we want to stack, there are three games far and away above the rest, but then we'll also include two sneaky ones that I think you can stack this week. There are also games this week that are just absolute um, like doo-doo, just the worst. And I, I found this stat for context for this week and just how low the totals are. From 2013 to 2022, that's a decade, we had one game with a total below 33 and a half. This year, we have five, including three this week. So we've got some gross games, but we also have a, the games on this slate this week that are actually great. And we get a 50-point game. Your Eagles on Sunday night, man. I know we're not going to preview that for DFS, but 
How are you feeling? Nervous. Very nervous, actually, <laughs> about that one. Um, yeah, it should be great. I'm I'm excited for that game. It's a bummer, like you said, it's not on the main slate because it would be uh, one of the most popular games to stack and for good reason. So yeah, play some showdown this week if you are into that. It's going to be really fun, I think, on Sunday night, but great matchup between Dak and Jalen Hurts. If you want to get all of our picks, you can go to DFSPass.com. Use the promo code DFSPOD, and I challenge you, yes, you, you listening in the car or on the run, or we know where you're at right now. We know what you're doing. You're sitting on the toilet. You're skipping out on work. <laughs> you're listening to DFS so you can set some lineups. Whatever you're doing, uh, if you haven't got the DFS pass, jump right in. You can pay for it really quickly because our total and our price is way too cheap on the Dynasty podcast this week. I just kind of like slightly let out the fact that like the DFS pass is too cheap and Andy just quickly was like, what are you talking about? I know you and Bets always mention that, but it's true. It is way too cheap for everything that we pack into it. We go throughout the playoffs I even haven't even thrown this out to bets, but like this Monday, bets, we have a two game slate on Monday, two Monday night games. What do you say? Like we do something fun for people in the DFS pass and the discord on Monday. I just throwing that out to you. Oh, sign me up. I'm in dude. I love the two game slates. So uh, yeah. what are we, it's like dolphins and Titans, I think. And then what's the other game? Packers giants. Oh, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> yeah, Let's go. We'll, so we'll throw in something extra just cause it's fun. Only for DFS past subscribers, we'll put out some free content. Bets and I will talk through that those two games because I just I just sprung that on you and you were like, sure, let's do it. So DFSPass.com if you want to be part of that. Let's move on. Straight cash, homie. Early in the week, we had plays that we liked on our Tuesday show. We'd talk about our salary standouts, but we're slowly kind of whittling down our cash game pool. And if you want all of our picks, they are in the DFS pass in the best plays. It's one thing to say something audibly on a podcast when we record. It's another thing to see it solidified on a Saturday. So whatever I say here, I am not legally accountable to it. That's what I'm going to say. Does that work in a court of law? Uh, not, a, not a lawyer. <laughs> However, I think it's a great disclaimer because you can now you can say whatever you want. And people, you know, they, ha- they have to understand if, it get, if it's wrong. You know, you let them know you're not held accountable to it. So whatever you say, if it's wrong, of course, you know, we didn't really mean it. But if it's right, I mean, take it to the bank. Desmond Ritter will be the number one quarterback this week. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Hey, take him on the Bucks. It's a, it's a pass funnel. So it's, it's not the worst thing ever, but we're not going to be talking about Desmond Ritter. Our two cash game quarterbacks as of this recording, Justin Fields at 6.8 against Detroit and Brock Purdy, who just can't stop being so dang efficient at 6.5 those are the two i have those are two you you have do you have a certain lean right now yeah it's tough i mean you get a 300 dollars discount on uh DraftKings to drop down from fields to purdy i really like uh purdy for obvious reasons we've been talking about him you know week in and week out he's just the most efficient quarterback on the most efficient offense that always has a top two or three team implied total on the slate so it's really hard for him to project well I will say, if you are trying to look for a potential spot to poke holes here, the last time we saw these teams play, it was the CMC show, and Purdy didn't really get there. But we have a pretty big sample of him, you know, putting up 18 plus, 20 plus DraftKings points on a week in and week out basis. So, really, I think it's a, a pretty good spot at home against the Seahawks. The tricky thing is for me, you know, Purdy, when he's 6,100 or 5,800, it's a little bit of a different conversation, right? Now he's 6,500, he's right there with Justin Fields who I'll kind of let you touch on him, but I love this spot for Fields, man. And yeah. I think he's going to run a ton. And, you know, we need to make sure the weather's good to go by Sunday. But right now it looks like it's going to be okay. It might be a little wet, some mild winds, but like nothing crazy. So I was worried about that early in the week, but we talked about that on Tuesday and I was pretty into this game environment. So um, I'll let you touch on Fields, but I'm very into both these guys. I really am struggling with this decision. Before the show, I was doing the same thing, and I was like, okay, so one of these is playing it safe. Purdy's cheaper, and we've seen him have that high floor. It just feels like, okay, you're going to get some safe points with their team implied total. But I want to feel alive. That's what I told myself as I was making my hot tea. Like I was like, this is the most <laughs> conservative, stupid thing I'm doing right now. But I'm in my head, I'm like, man, I just Justin Fields sounds awesome. We'll be talking about him a little bit later, but 6,800 is really cheap coming off the bye, and he's destroyed the Lions. So I don't know, man. I I really go back and forth because I want access to a ceiling, 
And Purdy, we saw it last week, right? We saw four touchdowns, but I, I mean, I don't think you can really bang on that again. And it's like his conceivable ceiling, like you can look at that in the optimizer. When I think of Purdy, I'm like, okay, he can get to 24 points, 25 points. And last week was an outlier. Fields can get to 40 points if he hits a real ceiling and he's done it against this team. So does that weigh in for you? Just like, man, like in cash, I don't really need to get ceiling, but if he's popular, if these are the two quarterbacks that people are playing, like I don't want to get buried by Justin Fields. Yeah, definitely. I think ceiling comes into play a lot more when the pricing is close. Like obviously these guys, when they are dropped down and we pay, you know, 55, 600 or whatever for a quarterback on some slates, you know, you're baking in the fact that that guy doesn't have the same ceiling as someone who's 8K. In this example, these guys are basically the same price, right? And for a pure pocket passer who's literally going to give you zero on the ground to be priced right next to Justin Fields, who say what you want about him as a thrower, like he's been good, he's been bad up and down all year, whatever. Like he has destroyed the Lions running the football. And it's not just Justin Fields that they've struggled against when they have faced an elite rushing quarterback you know, the Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson types over the last two years, Detroit has really struggled with those mobile quarterbacks. So I do think there is a range of outcomes here where Fields goes for 100 rushing yards. And man, you get the bonus that we know what that does for fantasy, just the the cheat code there. So I think the more we talk, the more I lean in Fields' favor if you're making me pick one today. But, you know, they're they're so close in price that I think, like most weeks, I'm going to build the rest of my lineup with running back wide receiver and then kind of see what I have left to make it work uh, at quarterback. Yeah, and the Lions just lost a major defensive piece, defensive lineman, Aleem McNeil, who, uh, if you look at sack rate, everything else, like he's basically been the team's best defensive lineman. I know Hutchinson gets all the their credit, but that's a big loss too. On Fandle, it's not a conversation for me because Justin Fields is actually cheaper. He's 7,900 on Fandle. Purdy's 8,100. I'll just take the cheaper player in Justin Fields there. So those are our top two quarterbacks. I've seen people mess around with Jake Browning. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Like you're living off of one game and I do have some issues. Like that game has been bet up from Monday night. Monday night, that game was at like 40 and a half and now it's at 44. I think it's a good correlation game. I just can't see myself saying Jake Browning is going to be the person to uh, break this slate when there are a couple other quarterbacks in other game environments that are better. Uh, but we'll talk about Jamar Chase. I think he's a fine play. Joe Mixon, like that's totally there. But I, I, Jake Browning at 6,500 on FanDuel, I just can't do it when there's other options. But let's go to running back. Christian McCaffrey is 9,200 on, on DraftKings. Did you see his price on FanDuel? I think it's uh, 10 5, isn't it? it? It's 10 5. And I started doing some math. I was like, okay, so what does he need to do? Uh, what, you know, what if he only gets like 20 points? I'm like, 20 points is 20 points. I don't care who you are. Like, that's a big deal when. Not many players can score that period. So I don't really care what his price is. Christian McCaffrey could be $12,000. And in cash, I think he still might make sense. So 10-5 is great on this slate. I'm totally fine with it. And 9,200 on DraftKings, I am totally fine with it. So is he kind of like pretty much up there? Like we're going to try to jam him in again? Yeah, I think so. Especially on DraftKings. You know, he's clearly the most talented running back in the league. His role is the best in the league. And... Seattle, and this is not hyperbole, has been the worst run defense in the league over the last six weeks. So you really can't paint a better spot here for CMC. We already talked about the team total for the Niners. They're at home. Last time I looked, the line was uh, 10 or 10 and a half, you know, favorite here. Uh, It's just, we kind of know what it is. And the last time these two teams played, 19 carries, 114 yards, two touchdowns, another five catches to go on top of that. So uh, we know the deal with CMC. Just play them every week. In the middle tier, there's Joe Mixon, who has a very strong role against the Colts. I think he looks fine. Isaiah Pacheco at 6.7 is like elite. His role's elite. I don't think he's actually an elite player, and he's popped on the injury report, but at 6.7, I think that's a really good price against the Bills. And then Zach Moss, we talked about on Tuesday, he's back in my lineup, man. 5,900. He's just, he's going to be in there again. Yeah, I think he's another lock this week. Uh, obviously he's not the same play he was last week when he was you know sub 5k but it's still too cheap for a player who handled 100 of the running back carries last week and you talked about this a little bit earlier in the week uh seven carries inside the 10 yard line 
unreal usage for any running back and we know Zach Moss has been pretty good this year so give me that against this Bengals run defense yes please so I think uh, to me the way you play cash games this week on both sides really on DraftKings is you're probably playing Zach Moss and then kind of choosing how you want to build do you want to go up to CMC or get one of these other running backs kind of in the six to seven k range and build up uh, wide receivers from there but for me I think I lean just trying to jam in CMC and, and Zach Moss yeah Bijan's kind of tempting uh, he's 7.1 on FanDuel, so I have a pretty good tag on him, but I don't think he's going to make the final cut, uh, but I think you can definitely work with that, work with the opportunities. Tyler Algier saw 19% of the snaps uh, last week, where it's the lowest of the season. He's kind of getting phased out for Cordero Patterson. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, trust me, I definitely don't know what they're doing, but hey, right? Fourth seed, home playoff game, bring it on Cowboys, or even your Eagles. It technically could be your Eagles. What could go wrong for the Falcons? Um, yeah, we need more playoff teams, right? That's what they said. Wild card's going to be gross this year. Okay, any other running back names that you want to throw around? I mean, Kyron Williams still has a great role. Don't love the game environment. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a tough week, I think, for running backs for cash games. I will say uh, we just need to keep the Pacheco news front and center because you mentioned like, oh, he's on the injury report. He hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday with a shoulder injury. So, I mean, let's just have the conversation in case. Uh, I haven't seen his price on FanDuel. On DraftKings, Clyde Edwards-Hilarious, uh, 5,500. Uh, first off, DraftKings, what are you doing to us? Clyde Edwards-Hilarious should be 5K for the fact that he's the backup running back and barely touched the ball this year. But if he is out, uh, how are you feeling about CEH at that price in this game environment? I mean, he's 5,500. CEH is also 5,500 on FanDuel. So on FanDuel, he'd be a lock. 5,500 isn't given away for a player that's just not explosive at all, especially when Zach Moss... You would much rather play Zach Moss than him, right? Even for 400 bucks more? Okay. Yes, for sure. I'm with you. I think this week is shaping up to be one where I don't feel like three running backs is going to be what I lean into. Like, it it was CMC and Moss last week, and we had Rashad White. Don't love White's matchup on the road against the Falcons, but CMC and Moss seem to be the top plays once again. And then... I'll have to see based on projections. And what I use is weighted opportunities where I take what I would project to be their rush attempts and then their targets. And we know a target is worth two and a half times a rush attempt. And you just take those together. And if those outweigh in my flex, then I'll probably just have two running backs. That's kind of where I'm at right now. But yeah, stay stay plugged in. It's okay. We have to record this and it comes out on Friday. But Friday practice reports, bets gets to cover all of those in the Injury Blitz podcast if you want to be a part of that. At wide receiver, Keenan Allen is the man. 8.6 against Denver. We don't have to worry about the weather. I I really want to play him, but I need you just to like talk to me that I'm not the most biased person on the planet. <laughs> well, you are. So I can't talk you off of that, but I'm with you. I, I like Keenan a lot this week. Uh, the price came down compared to last week. Uh, 8,600 taking on Denver. Yes, the Broncos have played much better defensively, but... Dude, they just got torched by Nico Collins for a career day last week. So you can still beat up on the Broncos if you are an elite player, which Keenan Allen is. 27% targets throughout run and a 32% target share this year. We'll see on Josh Palmer, but it doesn't matter, right? Like they don't trust Quentin Johnston. Uh, the tight ends aren't really that involved. They're even talking about scaling back Austin Eckler's workload a little bit this week, right? With kind of the changes at the running back position. So it's Keenan's show, man. We know the deal. Uh, yes, he's a great option this week on DraftKings. Joshua Palmer, I will say, is a big deal for Justin Herbert's outlook. But like for Keenan Allen this week, uh, his price tag is great. Pity City. I mean, these are the boys. These are the boys of the summer. The people that I talk about, and I've talked about way too much over the last couple of years. But Pity City at uh, 7.6 is also a great tag. Talk to me about Jamar Chase because Jake Browning made us at least say, like, I need to think about this. He completed 87% of his passes. And Jamar Chase is the dude who's seen 27% of Browning targets since Browning's been in. So we played Chase a ton earlier in the year because of just his role. And T. Higgins came back, saw only three targets. So Jamar Chase, does he belong in the conversation as, hey, one of the elites? Like, we don't love paying up for the elites this week in cash. In tournaments, we're going to talk about all of them. But could you see yourself playing him in cash, Jamar Chase? I don't think so. And it's not because I don't think he can have a great game. 
But like you said, whenever the market just assumes after one game that it is the way it is and this is how it's always going to be with Jake Browning, I'm a little hesitant. Now, the matchup is awesome. Perimeter wide receivers have destroyed the Colts this year, and he's obviously a top three wide receiver in the league. So yeah, Jamar Chase certainly could pop off and have a huge game. I actually almost made him my slate breaker because in tournaments, I do think he'll be 10-ish percent, 8 to 10, somewhere in that range. So he's going to be relatively low rostered. So I kind of like him for that aspect of it, where I know the floor certainly exists, but I know that the ceiling is there too. So I like him for uh, tournaments. I think for um, cash games, I would just rather play, you know, Michael Pittman in that range for a few hundred bucks uh, less. Um, Just so much of a safer scenario. You've seen it weeks after week after week. So for me, I think I lean Pittman over uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah. And FanDuel, I think it's a different conversation where he's 7,900. I think his tag is much better there if you want to look that direction. Uh, I like Amon Ra. He's always going to project well. He's got 95 receiving yards or a touchdown in every single game this year. So if I told you you're getting 95 receiving yards, you'd be like, sweet, why is this guy only priced you know, in the mid-eights? So Amon Ra, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase are probably our favorite of the expensive guys. And then when you drop down a little further, you can find players that project pretty well in the 5 to 6K range. So talk to me about some of these guys that you can play in cash in the middle range. Yeah, I think my favorite right now, uh, looking at the Lions game, is DJ Moore, who's 6,500. Now, Moore has kind of, you know, really had an up and down year. But when you zoom in on the games with Justin Fields, it really hasn't been that up and down. Like, it's been very good and very consistent. And the last time we saw these teams play, he went 7, 96, and one touchdown. Um, The secondary for Detroit has been among the worst in football. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Lions of last year where it's like the defense is so bad, but the offense is great. So it's perfect for the game environment. So I like DJ Moore a lot this week, 6,500, certainly in play, I think, whether it's tournaments or cash games. All right. And I know I'm giving some Falcons love here, but I've seen people throw this out in the Discord. Drake London is 4,600. And that is like stupid low for someone seeing six and a half targets per game. You know, I just... I hate bringing up a Falcon. I'm just being honest. But Tampa Bay's not been good. They're 26 in EPA per pass attempt. I think he's cash viable. Yeah, and when you look at his splits, you know, home versus road, um, a lot of that actually is, well, they play in a dome, so that helps. But that's more of a Ritter thing. Like, Ritter plays way better at home. And so, not surprisingly, Drake London's numbers are much better at home. Uh, We took over three and a half catches this week on Drake London. I think that line is, is long gone at this point for what the odds we got. So, we're committed to Drake London this week, so I like him. Um, yeah, 4,600, man. It's just so cheap. Now, the tricky thing is, like, is he ever going to give you a chance at 9, 10 catches in that offense? Probably not. So he's going to have to do it with efficiency. Certainly he can. And for 4,600, like, you're talking about comparing him to, I don't know, guys like Elijah Moore or gross names in that range. And we know he's super talented. So I get it uh, for cash. I'm not sure where I'll go yet, but I certainly like him a lot. Yeah, I, I love his price tag, and I like him better than Moore. I think a lot of people will say, oh, look at the targets. Elijah Moore might might have the most worthless targets in the NFL this year. Like, they've just been, like, low dot, not producing. So I, I think Drake London is one of the better plays. I mean, Tyler Boyd's 4,400, uh, Robert Woods. I mean, the players in this range, he clearly has the most upside. I do like JSN for tournaments a little bit lower at 4.1, but he makes sense. Any punts at wide receiver this week? Like I'm, I'm looking through the list. Jonathan Mingo is kind of interesting at uh, 3.5. He saw 10 targets last week. It's fine. I just don't. I don't know if I need to go there. Yeah, there's not really a slam dunk play right now. I think in that range. Um, real quick before we move on from this, I think Elijah Moore's a really good play. I know you mentioned like, ah, the targets aren't there. Whatever. I the hate putting quality him in the isn't there. And I will say, the quality of targets was not good last week. And if you look at the air yards, he led the NFL in air yards last week, but they were all like, you know, not catchable, way over his head, um, whatever. But hey, it fits my narrative. So he led the NFL in air yards last week. But man, Kyle, find someone who loves you the way Joe Flacco loves Elijah Moore. Like these two openly talked about it all last week. And the dude comes out and just peppers him with targets. So at, against Jacksonville, you can throw on Jacksonville, obviously. So I think he is a pretty strong cash play at 4,500. Um, and obviously, if Amari Cooper is out, which he's in the concussion protocol, if he misses, then I think Elijah Moore becomes a pretty good play in that range. 
And one way that you could build if you do want to go down there is you could play two of these, you know, two of these guys. You could play Drake London and Elijah Moore and really get up to, you know, Keenan and CMC somewhat easily. So uh, that's kind of how I'm approaching that range. I, I like Moore and Drake London quite a bit. I just hate that Elijah Moore is now $1,000 expensive than what he was last week. But yes, targets wise, like when I'm looking at my numbers right here, my little cool spreadsheet, he's in the group. Okay. Like I'm like, okay, there's Mingo, DJ Moore. Drake London, Amon Ra, Jamar Chase, Pity City. Like those are all the guys that are popping in my really cool spreadsheet model that's not really a model, but it's this cool spreadsheet. That's that's what fantasy people say, right? Like, oh, this is in my model, but it's in my like model, the, yeah. dude, you just have a spreadsheet that has colors on it. <laughs> yeah, but model sounds way cooler, so go with it that. It does. At tight end, Isaiah Likely is a name that we brought up earlier, three point five. 30 routes run. That was second most on the team before the buy. And he's getting, you know, snaps in the slot. That game environment is looking gross. And as of this recording, Lamar Jackson is not at practice on Thursday, which makes my home league decision even easier to play Brock Purdy over Lamar Jackson. If he just doesn't want to show up to work anymore. But uh, Isaiah Likely's fine. David Njoku's fine. Brevin Jordan's fine. I, I just, in cash, I'm not trying to like spend up this week though. Same. Yeah, I think it's another week where these guys look pretty good as punt plays. Um, it's hard, man. There, there's no like slam dunk like last week when we did get Brevin Jordan at the the Stone Min for the first time all year. It was like, yeah, let's just do that and play Tyree Kill and CMC. But this week, you know, like you said, you can kind of poke holes in a lot of these guys and they're not incredible plays. So I think my favorite right now is Isaiah Likely, assuming Lamar Jackson plays. Um, six targets. Last time we saw him, over 70% of the snaps. Uh, so he's fine. Uh, but like you said, I'm not in love with Njoku or likely or Brevin Jordan. So kind of like quarterback, like I was saying, prioritize your wide receivers and your running backs. And then however much money you have left, go with that at tight end. I don't hate Kate Otten at 3,100. Just want to throw that out <laughs> You say that every week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just so just, proud of him for just running his routes faithfully. You know, 98% of snaps. Just He's like just he's every- out there, man. I just think of Kate Otten, like right before the snap, he's like, all right, I'm going to do this again. And he just knows he's not <laughs> going to get the ball. Like they're just not going to throw it to him. Uh, oh, I, man. Do, I do think a defense, I think there's a lock this week. Yeah, there's a slam dunk. Okay. I've never done this before, but I made the Cleveland Browns defense my cover boy of my FanDuel cash article. Just because I wanted a really wow. cool, I wanted a cool Miles Garrett photo. Nice. I like it. Uh, tell yeah. the people why. Yeah, because they're too cheap. They're 3K on DraftKings. They're 3.8 on FanDuel, which is cheap if you oh, don't wow. play on that website. Uh, number one, defensive EPA per play. Number one, EPA per pass attempt. And they are facing somebody named Casey Jarrett Bethard. CJ Bethard. He's not good. Let me just put this in context. Before Trevor Lawrence got hurt, the line of this game was Jacksonville minus three, and the over-under was at 37.5. Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. So does Christian Kirk. The total now is Cleveland minus three and it's at 30 and a half and they're at home. So play the Browns. Yeah, it's not great, man. Um, It's really a bummer because the Jags are, we're such a fun offense, but and as of our recording, Trevor Lawrence, I guess has not officially been ruled out. However, if you look at the betting lines, as Kyle said, and the team total currently, the only team with a lower total on the entire slate was the Patriots, who were just uh, on our TV last night with a 12-point implied total entering the game. So that's what the market thinks of C.J. Stroud. Do with that information what you will. But yes, they are in my lineup at 3K, far too cheap. And they are also likely to get back Denzel Ward this week too. Yeah, Kansas City's kind of tempting, a little bit cheaper, but just a lot of people are going to be playing the Browns, play the Browns, move on. One last thought before we get into the games is that the slate is shaped very differently this week because the early games are mostly doo-doo. We have one 44-point game. Uh, the Bengals was at 43.5 last time I saw. But So you, you, you have a couple of games that are fine, but most of them are very, very low. And then we have a packed afternoon slate of games that are you know, 47, 48. You know, we have some really good games. A lot of them are inside or not affected by weather. So any last thoughts you want to give people about late swap options? Yeah, this is a great week for it, I think. Um if you have plans this Sunday, schedule them in the early window. <laughs> the DFS sweat you're going to have is in the late window with these games. Uh, we're going to talk about most of them right here on the slate, but the early games, like all the totals are in the 30s, you know, sub 40. They're really, really not great game environments. 
So everyone's going to be stacking the late window, which I think I will be doing too. But because we have that ability, you can play just, you know, one or two contrarian pieces in the early window. And then in tournaments, you know, you kind of figure out where you want to go in the late window, depending on what roster percentages look like. So I just want to encourage everyone, this uh, this slate in particular looks very, very good for a late swap. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. All right, Betsy and I are going to talk about three games that you can stack this week and win you a milli. Stack attack. We only have one milli maker this year so far from the DFS pass. Just one. And it's not you or I. So what are we doing? What are we doing? I, I, I'm still waiting. I had to explain this to my brother. I was like, hey, so I'm not going to tell him. He's like, well, you got to win first. You got to actually win the big tourney. But these three games this week, I think, are the ones that are far and away above the rest, and they're all in the afternoon. So roster percentages are going to be key. Make sure you get those in the DFS Pass, a roster percentage report, and in the optimizer. There's a couple of different runs of it. So I would say Saturday is going to shape up the best. Wait until then. But the first game is Buffalo at Kansas City. The line right now is Kansas City minus one and a half, and the over-under is 48 and a half. It's been bet up just a little bit. And this isn't the game that we have seen in the past that you could just say, oh, this is Bill's Chiefs. But I think there are a lot of interesting angles in this game. Like there are there are lots of different ways that you can play this, knowing that there are other games on the slate. Like it'd be different if this is the only game that was close to 50 points. There's a couple that we like. So how are you attacking this game in tournaments? Yeah, my my attitude towards the game has actually changed a decent amount since early in the week. I kind of mentioned like, ah, I might be interested in fading this one, you know, depending on kind of how things look as far as roster percentages. But I wanted to pay attention to a couple of things. The first is the total has been bet up about a point and a half since we talked earlier in the week. The line has also moved in favor of Buffalo. So the money is telling us the game should be higher scoring and we should see a back and forth affair in this one. And really, I think... What it comes down to for me is I see a couple of paths. The first one for Kansas City is they have actually trended a little bit more run heavy, you know, in certain game scripts and certain game plans than they have previously. Like, you know, the last like two or three years, it's like we know Mahomes is going to be chucking over and over and over again. They don't really have a run game. So it's great for DFS, but they've really used Pacheco a ton. So now we have Pacheco with an injury. Could we see that Chiefs offense go right back to that passing aggressiveness you know, do they really want to run CEH 20 times? I would be shocked, right? So I really want to lean into that, especially if Pacheco is out. And then you think about the offense for KC, they've really struggled to generate explosive plays. Fortunately, Buffalo is giving up a ton of explosive plays and both defenses are dealing with injuries. So early in the week, I was kind of off this game, but thinking about how the pace has been there, the game totals have been there for Buffalo. And now we've got injuries on defense for both teams. Between Mahomes and Allen, it seems like a, a pretty fun spot to, st- to stack it up. I think this is going to be some of the lowest roster percentage you're going to see from a Patrick Mahomes team in a long time. Like it's it's usually just like okay, well, this is the game you go into. But I think both these quarterbacks are actually going to come in lower because there are affordable options. We mentioned Purdy, we mentioned Fields, uh, Geno Smith. We'll talk about Russell Wilson. I think that they're going to carry some roster percentage. So. Think about that with these guys that normally we'd be like, oh, I don't want to pay up for that. Like, I think you can this week. Now, Mahomes double stack. I went back. 
It hasn't paid off since week seven. So if you try to do this in DFS for the last two months, it just hasn't been there. But at home this year, he's actually been up. Mahomes has always been a player that's had to go off on the road. And Tyreek Hill's splits were off on the road for, for years. Like they just balled out together. This year at home, Patrick Mahomes, 37.8 pass attempts, 2.3 passing touchdowns, and a QB rating of 101 in Arrowhead. I like Mahomes' double stacks this week's a lot. And it's pretty clean. If you're going to stay away from Pacheco or a cheap CEH, then you're going Mahomes, you're going Kelsey, and then you pick another wide receiver. Rasheed Rice is the obvious answer, but I think you can find one of those wide receivers that catches the touchdown in this game if you're in a large field tournament. You're throwing a dart at MVS, throwing a dart at Justin Watson, Tony, somebody else, probably not Sky Moore because he doesn't exist. But that's how I like this game, and I think it's going to come in a lot lower roster than normal. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I was really surprised about looking through the optimizer before we started and seeing the early runs of like, yeah, people aren't really going to jam this one in the way that they have in the past. And so to me, that looks like a great spot to attack for tournaments. You mentioned the Pat Mahomes thing. Um, this is a, a spot where I actually kind of like him. Now that you mentioned the uh, splits at home, you have pretty obvious stacking partners. So like you said, you're playing probably one of Rasheed Rice at 5,400 on DK or Travis Kelsey at 7,800. And that stack, you know, you always talk about this in pace of play. It's like when these guys are both 8K or, you know, 8,500 or whatever, like they have to do so much to actually pay it off. The price tags have come down a little bit recently. So it's more affordable. It's easier to see this game getting there. It's easier to see that stack getting there. So I'm pretty interested this week to get a little contrarian, spend up at tight end. We already talked about everyone's going to play, you know, David Njoku or Brevin Jordan or whoever else spend up on Kelsey who could easily finish as the slate's top scoring tight end, you know, no question. So I like that stack, obviously, uh, quite a bit this week. I think Rasheed Rice is going to be a popular play because he's the clear one of the wide receivers that you look at and you go, okay, I I can have some confidence in somebody, 26% targets per route run. So hold on to that piece of information that if you're going to play this game, know that he's, is he the most popular piece in this game other than Pacheco if Pacheco is active? If Pacheco's in right now, it looks like we're projecting him to be the most popular, but of course that will change with injury news. Right now it is Rishi Rice. So I'm also seeing that the Buffalo side is coming in a lot lower. I mean, they're coming off the buy, so people haven't been thinking about them. And I think most people's minds is that Buffalo's just been off for a while. The key to this game, to me, is does Dawson Dawson Knox return? And that may not sound like a big deal, but it does change things for Dalton Kincaid, who's somebody that's been on a roll for a while. And it changes things for Stephon Diggs. I did a deep dive and Stephon Diggs has been awesome in sets with two or more tight ends this year. His yards per route run, 3.04. That is elite. In 11 personnel this year, it's just 1.68. So we haven't seen a lot of that because this team has transitioned with Dawson Knox out to like 5% of their snaps being in 12 personnel. So that that's a big deal to me. On FanDuel, Stephon Diggs is way too cheap. He's cheaper than he is on DraftKings, so I like him in tournaments. I think he's a really good play, but that's kind of like the key. And do we have any updates? On who? On Dawson Knox. Oh, uh, he's back in full practice, so I think he does play. Okay. Um, Which really throws a wrench here, doesn't he? <laughs> like you said, because we kind of need to remember that the offense, like you said, was so different earlier in the year. So are you approaching this? You know, I don't want to be binary, but like, are you approaching this Dawson Knox in Steph Diggs, great GPP play, or or what are your thoughts there? It just gets a bump. I, I wouldn't say like great, it, it, but if you're stacking up this game, it gives me more confidence. And I get I got to look at a run of our projections, but I'm seeing Stephon Diggs is just still pretty low rostered. Yeah, he is. I think he's going to fall through the cracks a little bit because you know he's right next to Keenan Allen in price. Uh, we talked about Michael Pittman; he's a little cheaper. Jamar Chase is right there; he's a little cheaper. So. I do think he's going to fall through the cracks a little bit. So obviously that's a, a spot you want to attack uh, for sure. What are your thoughts on Gabe Davis? Because I was on him a couple weeks ago against the Eagles, but it's the Eagles, right? Like everyone gets there. So I was interested in him, but he's never going to project well because he's 5,800. That's too expensive for a player who can give you a literal zero any single week. Um, but I kind of like him in the spot, man. It's a big game. They need, they have to win this game. I think Allen's going to push the ball more than he usually does. Like they could be super aggressive. So, I mean, 2% guy, 3% guy in tournaments. I'm in on in Gabe Davis this week. I mean, we've seen this guy go off for four touchdowns. I think that is part of what's going to be in the consciousness of the field. Like I, I, 
I think Gabe Davis is probably going to carry more roster percentage than Diggs. No. I no dude, You think dude, so? People will remember four touchdowns, and they'll look at the price difference and go, I could save $3,000 in tournaments. I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked. I, it, it, maybe. I mean, people have not enjoyed playing Diggs for a while. So we'll see. I, I think both of those players, like I wouldn't mind doing an Allen double stack with Allen, Diggs, Davis, bringing it back with a cheaper, like a chalky piece like Rasheed Rice or Kelsey uh, and just going from there in this game. But yeah, the roster percentages are way lower than we've ever had in a Bills-Chiefs game. So keep that in mind. But I have to talk about James Cook because I yes. kind of stumbled into liking him this, this week and I've never been a big James Cook guy. I feel like you haven't either. But since week eight, we have the stat in here. Kansas City is 27th in EPA per rush attempt, 23rd in success rate. And James Cook, somehow, someway, is number one in expected points added among running backs. He's been really efficient. And this matchup's really good. Like, am I missing something? Because nobody's playing him. No one's playing him. He's a little overpriced, in my opinion, for what we've seen for most of the year. But that's going to keep him in check when you think about, you know, roster percentages. Like, he's more expensive than Zach Moss. Like, that's just silly, right? But I'm with you, man. Like James Cook's been a guy that I've kind of been, I picked my spots with him and there's been a couple of weeks where I felt like I've been on it. And there's a couple of weeks where I just, I totally whiffed, but man, they have trended more run heavy over the last two weeks with the offensive coordinator change in that change. His usage has gone through the roof. He's seen 16 and 17 carries in the last two weeks, and he's going to give you some targets for the passing game as well. I talked about the KC injuries. Most of those are to the linebacking core. So you're going to get, James Cook in space against backup linebackers. No one's going to play him in the game environment that we really like. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm kind of into James Cook this week. Normally that comes back to bite me in the butt, which it probably will again this week. But for tournaments, man, no one's going to play him. So I'm I'm kind of into it. Yeah, it's weird to talk about the Buffalo Bills running game as something that you should think about. But, I mean, they're second EPA per rush as a team. And, and Allen, last time we saw him, 81 rushing yards against the Eagles should have won. And they're playing a lot slower than you think. This is the slowest Bills team in the Josh Allen era. So a little slower, not as, you know, not as high pace. So mixing in the running game, I think makes a lot of sense. I put James Cook in the pace of play article as a wipeout pick. Meaning like if you just play James Cook and get out of this game and you think it hits the under, I think it's totally fine. If you want to play James Cook and Rasheed Rice and just correlate those two a lot cheaper, get out of there. I think it's totally fine. But James Cook's going to end up under 5%. For sure. And I will push back just a little on the slow pace thing. Over the last two weeks, they've been among the leaders in pace of play since the offensive coordinator changed. So I don't know if that's just a small sample and not really what they want to do or if that's what the new OC wants to do. But either way, I'm going to I'm gonna take it as a positive for this game environment for tournaments. The one thing we don't know about the Bills team is if it's Dawson Knox plays, we haven't seen Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator, be able to utilize him yet. So it's like, I don't know. Like it, it, this is the hardest part of like looking at fake football and from our computers telling people what we think might happen is like we're taking stats from earlier in the year from a different offensive coordinator from splits where this one player wasn't on the field and then trying to say okay here's our best guess. So um, I will take I I mean I'll just take the Bills. Really straight up, not yeah. even on the not even the points. Yeah, I'll go Bills money line. I like that play. I'm going to take over 23 and a half for the Bills team total. I like that one too. Moving on, Seattle at San Francisco. San Francisco is a 10 and a half point home favorite. The over-under is at 47. The 49ers are really good at football, except for that really weird like three-game stretch where they just lost to P.J. Walker. Ignore that. Move on when everybody's healthy. That's what the key thing. When this team is healthy, they're arguably the best team in football. Brock Purdy, we talked about him a ton. And when I was looking at this team, it's like the hardest part about the 49ers is there are four legitimate guys every single week that not only could break the slate, but be the top scorer on their team by a mile and wipe out the other one. So CMC, Ayuk, Debo, and I like Kittle a lot this week too. Like, how are you sorting out those four in tournaments? Yeah, it's it's really frustrating because you don't know where exactly the ball is going, but you just know that you should play them. 
right? And like some weeks you're not going to win and that's going to be frustrating. But when the weeks happen where you land on that guy, like if you played Debo last week, you probably won a ton of money. <laughs> you know, a couple weeks ago, I played Iuke, took down a small field tournament. Uh, we know Kittle can pop up for massive games. So it is really frustrating for tournament players to play these guys because you don't know who it's going to be. When you don't know who it's going to be, the field is off these guys, right? Like they'll get played, but they're not going to be 20% or whatever. Like they're all going to come in pretty low. So you should take shots. I will just say like, you know, seeing a guy do what Debo did last week, like you mentioned with an air yard one, and then do it again the week before against the Seahawks team. Like when a guy that's just running so hot on efficiency does it in back-to-back weeks, I probably want to be off that player and just hope it doesn't happen again. So I get it on Debo. I probably won't be playing him this week. So I'll be leaning more into for tournaments, uh, Ayuk and then uh, George Kittle. Yeah, Ayuk, we've talked about a ton. He correlates really well with CMC. Kittle, he's averaging 14.2 DraftKings points with Purdy in their last 20 games together. And I think I think he's going to get lost. The hardest thing, too, is Seattle is the premier zone coverage team in the NFL. Like, they've run it 84% of the time. It's what they're known for. And all of these guys pretty much are really good against zone. So it's like you could do any of them. Purdy has a ridiculous 133 quarterback rating when targeting Kittle versus zone. So I I really like Kittle. I, I feel like I've been on him before. I almost made him a slate breaker. But I don't know. We, we talked about the splits earlier and what he's done. So yeah, I feel like, do you think Kittle is like one of those like potential slate breakers? Like didn't make it in the segment, but like could have been one of the dudes. One of the boys. Yeah, I I love playing Kelsey and Kittle this week. Not together in the same lineup, but just just taking the approach. Like we already talked about for cash games. We're like, yeah, Andrew fine. Brevin Jordan's fine. But like there's no one that you're like excited to jam in your lineup. And when that happens and the field does that just because they need salary savings, generally those are not incredible plays for tournaments. So I want to flip the build this week, spend up on Kittle, spend up on Kelsey in different lineups and just hope that they, one of those two smashes and just you know, runs laps around the rest of the tight end uh, position on Kittle specifically. He's been quiet, right? But in three games before the bot or before the Seattle game, nine for one forty nine, three for one sixteen, a touchdown, eight for eighty nine, a touchdown. So he had a stretch where he was just incredible. And then a lot of people played him on that Thanksgiving slate, and he failed. Uh, no one played him last week, so he's been quiet. Uh, it's a really good spot to go back to him. I love I love thinking about that with tight ends because last week Kittle and Laporta were the two guys that said if you want to spend up this is what you do it's what we said in the best plays and we saw people win a lot of money with Sam Laporta last week so I love that it's it's a Purdy double stack and for me it's Purdy CMC and then pick one of those other three you know pick one of those guys and then on the Seattle side you're figuring out which of the wide receivers you want to play DK Metcalf people are going to want to chase three touchdowns and rightfully so. I really like the spot for Tyler Lockett and I really like it for JSN. And I know that's kind of like zigging while everyone else is going one way, but I feel like this is a spot where these guys are going to come in a little bit lower than DK. Yeah, especially Tyler Lockett, right? You think about last week, both these guys, Lockett and uh, Metcalf, saw eight targets. One of them just happened to be for three touchdowns and a slant that he took, what, 60 yards to the house. So in the box score, Metcalf looked incredible, but the usage was the exact same. And now we're getting more than a $1,000 discount to drop down to Tyler Lockett and probably less roster percentage to do it as well. So I know Lockett's been kind of frustrating. Some people have questioned, you know, is he hitting the age cliff, stuff like that. But man, in tournaments, I don't care about if yeah. he has a bad game. I just want to chase the upside. And I think in a negative game script, Gino finally healthy. We saw that last week. Lockett looks really interesting at a very, very affordable price. Yeah. Take any narrative when people kind of say it, or maybe you're just thinking it like, oh, he's already done. It's like, you know, everyone's probably saying that with Adam Thielen now too, and you're just writing that off. He's done the rest of the year. We're looking for one game and in a game environment where this team has to throw. I mean, the 49ers right now, teams are throwing 67.29%. They've passed the Eagles. So teams have to throw on San Francisco, the highest rate in the year. And Gino, I looked at his games this year. He has four games with 40 plus pass attempts. And I know that's probably a lot, but he's done it. His DK points, 26, 15.9. 27 and 33.96. So Gino has gotten there with volume. And we might see that this week where we get 35, 40 pass attempts and there's more than enough to go around. So I think Gino is in play, especially with Purdy being so popular that if you wanted to go Gino double stack and then play one or two pieces on the 49ers side, I think it's really interesting. I mean, no one thought the Seahawks were going to be as competitive as they were against the Cowboys. They could certainly do it this week against the 49ers. So 
for me, it's like Gino, you could play Metcalf and JSN or Lockett and JSN and uh, be a little bit cheaper there. Yep. I think it's good value uh, value stack too. The other thing that we didn't mention is not just Ken Walker battling injury right now. It's Zach Charbonnet too. So we'll see on um, which one of those guys is available. If neither is available, they certainly are not going to pound the rock with DJ Dallas 20 times in this game. So that would give me even more confidence to lean into the passing game for Seattle. Oh, and just to give you one more Lockett stat, hot stat, is that he leads the team by a wide margin in targets and receptions versus zone, but just the deep connection just hasn't been there. He has 19 targets of 20 plus air yards, only caught three of them. So you kind of expect for some regress, positive regression in that direction. So sounds like we like this game a lot. Will you be stacking this one more than Buffalo, Kansas City? I don't think more. I think I'll probably be stacking KC Buffalo is like my priority, but I think this is a very good secondary game to have in a backup plan for late swap because like we talked about, no one's probably going to play Lockett and the JSN types. We talked about the issues with the San Francisco guys. So you're going to get very low rostered plays in this game that if you are behind and need to make up ground, you know, this is a spot I think to attack. No, I think that's a great point in your flex spot. Hopefully you're leaving that open for late swap and flex. Like, Kittle, JSN, Lockett are the ones that I'm trying to flip on if I need to get different while knowing that CMC is going to be popular, Debo is going to be popular. Um, but I will take 10 and a half is a lot, man. It's a lot of I'll, take, I'll take Seattle in the, in the points. I think it's the right play. Second matchup in what, three weeks? These yes. teams know each other very well. Gino is obviously healthy now. The last game he wasn't. So I will take, and that game, by the way, was seven points which tells you how much the market has overreacted so i will take seattle plus ten and a half i hope seattle just says screw it we're not going to run the ball we don't have any running backs healthy we're going to throw it 50 times so it'll be fun last game we're going to talk about here is denver broncos at the los angeles chargers your los angeles chargers if you want to get hurt the chargers are two and a half point home favorites and the over under is at 44 denver is a team that we brought up last week and we said there are paths to this team just dud and rusted fine last week. But overall, that was a game that just didn't get there. And I was really thankful that our people were mostly off except for Nico Collins. Denver is 29th in seconds per play, 29th in neutral situation pace. And I think this has another chance to kind of be a middling game if they get the lead early and they sit on a lead with Javante Williams, they can do that. However, the correlation pieces in this game is what I'm more interested in. I don't know if I want to fully game stack it if Josh Palmer's not a part of it, but a Keenan Javante or Keenan Cortland Sutton is definitely like on my radar this week. Yeah, I'm with you in that aspect. You know, with Herbert, it's tough. Um, he's just expensive and obviously he's great, but you can't really play anyone besides Keenan Allen, right? So it's like, do you want to just single stack him when he's expensive? Not really. Um, especially against a Denver Broncos defense that's played a lot better recently. So I'm not into Herbert here. And then for Russ, man, the box scores have been great. But if you've been double stacking Russ, the second stacking partner besides Cortland Sutton has not gotten there because he has thrown for less than 200 yards in six of his last seven games. So he's really kind of been lucky with rushing and getting some rushing touchdown production that, you know, the matchup's great on paper, but he just really hasn't done it you know, on a consistent enough basis, like his, his numbers say regression is coming in a negative way very soon. So I'm probably off Russ this week. Uh, I'm kind of with you that this is more of a, you know, mini stack situation to me. So the chargers, I just have, I, I want to buy in because I'm just such a sucker, but there's just nothing about the running game that you can really be excited about other than looking at the Broncos season long metrics and go, Oh, they're dead last. This is a green matchup, but Denver has been pretty good, right? Since week eight, they're third in points per game allowed and only one running back has more than 15 DraftKings points. So Austin Eckler is like a classic, if it were me in the past, I would have gone, oh, he's a great contrarian play. It's like, is Austin Eckler, does he have a path to 25 points? It, it feels like right now, based on how things have gone, it's like a 5%, like top 5% outcome just by the way that he's playing, the way they've talked about Josh Kelly being more involved. So I don't want to say he's done because Austin Eckler could easily have two touchdowns in this game, six catches. But he's he's just a he's almost just like a dart throw. Yeah, that's that's where I would say he's at. It's you really can't have a lot of confidence in the on-field product of what you've seen, you know, the box score production, whatever you want to say. But 
we always talk about this, right? I I do not care about what has happened in the player's game logs recently. If there's a reason that it makes sense to play that player, this is why I was on Gabe Davis after he goosed two weeks in a row. No one's going to play Austin Eckler. No one. He's going to be 5%, maybe less. And again, if you need late swap and you need a, a player that's not going to be owned, Austin Eckler makes a lot of sense to me against this this Broncos run defense that, yes, they haven't given up a ton of fantasy points, but the efficiency numbers still are not good for the rushing defense. So it could happen. He could catch some footballs. Uh, I, I get it. I think he's an interesting just game theory play. But besides that, it really hasn't been great. Do we know anything about Marvin Mims? I know he had a rib injury. He was limited. He felt like somebody that you could kind of play as a sneaky dart throw uh, because of the fact that the Chargers are giving up a ton of explosive plays. But I, he's a dart throw. Uh, he is. He was limited earlier in the week, so he'll probably play. But I don't know, man. Like I don't know. <laughs> Just, he, he's been a, a guy that people have been wanting to have happen so long. But Lil Jordan Humphrey still out there running routes. And, you know, of course, Sutton and Jerry Judy. So... I don't know, man. I probably won't do it. All right. I will take the Broncos money line because I don't want to get hurt. Wait, wait, wait. What about Javante? I'm so hurt by Javante. <laughs> I'm just naming my biases here, man. And that's why we're going back to him because I feel the same way. Don't. There's also a human element to this too, right? And you're like, man, I can't keep playing Javante. Like he's done this so much. But the Chargers have given up the second most running back catches all year since week eight. They're 30th in EPA per rush attempt allowed, 27th in success rate. So the Chargers run defense that we know and love is back, baby. And you can run on them and he'll catch the football. And no one, you know, after last week wants to play the dude. So I'm interested in Javante. Uh, he's still very cheap, 5,800. I think he's going to be played though. Oh, is he? I think so. I... <sighs> okay, I well got... then maybe he's not as good of a play as I thought he was. He's not as sneaky as I want him to be. Like if he was like under 5%, I'd be like, sweet. This is a play that no one else is on. You know, he's $100 cheaper than Zach Moss. Sweet. Let's do the price point pivot. Get some leverage. I don't know, man. He, All he, right, here's my take. If if the Ross percentage shows 15% or lower come Saturday, I think he's a good play. If it's 20, he's probably a bad play. He's at 17.79 in our <sighs> initial run. <laughs> that makes it really hard because he's right in the middle. That's That's my caveat on him is if he's a lower rostered guy, you know, come Saturday, Sunday, I think he's interesting. Yeah, he's going to be rostered. But it doesn't make him a bad play. It's just, if you played Javante this year, you have him in a home league. You know, it's just been like, where where is the 30-point game? It just hasn't happened at all this year. But yes, I will take the Broncos. I'm going to take the Chargers. Wow. Way to go, buddy. I'm glad you're sticking Pain. up for them. Yeah. Pain. In my heart, I want them to win. Uh, let me quickly mention Detroit at Chicago. That game has been a roller coaster. Started off at 43 and a half. Bet all the way down to 40. Now it's back up to 43 and a half. People at this time of the year, they play fantasy football, but they also think they're meteorologists. We're neither of them. We're not good at either of them, people. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a game that you can easily correlate. We're going to be talking about Chicago Bear options in a second. And these games, man, they've been going off. We did a preview on the uh, on the Footballers Main Show. Let me get this stat. It was a hot stat I threw out there. But the last three games, Detroit and Chicago, 57, 61, 51 combined points the last three that Justin Fields has been involved in. So game could go off. I understand Chicago. I understand the weather. But um, as of this recording, I think it's an interesting game to want to stack. Yep. And that's the perfect way to say it is just like monitor what's going on. Of course, you don't want to get take lock on a you know Friday morning, but monitor what's going on. There are paths where that one goes nuts as we've seen. So I am very interested in that one as well. Um, I'm going to also throw out Indy and Cincinnati. I know you mentioned like, are people really going to play Jake Browning? And I don't know that I will, but you could certainly talk me into, you know, a Zach Moss, Jamar Chase mini or Pittman and Jamar Chase or, or however you want to do it. Um, it is a game that's been bet up, up to 44 points. Cincinnati, even with Jake Browning, has remained very pass heavy. Their second neutral pass rate over the last four weeks. And you get a Cincy defense that is allowing the highest rate of explosive plays in the league. And we know these Colts games have produced a lot of play volume. So I just think it's a really good game environment that there are ways to get into it and get a little different. So I like that Indy and Cincinnati game. Let's talk about our slate breaker of the week. And this is actually a sponsor that I just want to mention them because I just love their stuff. It's Ebbets Field Flannels. If you go to the website, I linked it up right here for you bets. I just clicked the, blank. I mean, if I had 
all the money in the world, I would just buy out their whole website because they have some of my favorite throwback baseball stuff and football stuff. And my wool hat I'm wearing right now, guys, this isn't a paid sponsorship, but I'm wearing my wool Brooklyn Eagles 1935 Negro Leagues hat. And it is uh, it is nice. These are also very expensive things. I just scrolled right down to their uh, main page and I saw the hat and I was like, oh, there it is. Um, yeah, dude, you're giving away free ad space left and right here these days. My goodness. I just, I love their stuff. I, I It's really cold and so I want this wool hat. So Ebbetsfield Flannels. Just, I just need to mention, it was just so fun. When I was picking out my hat for the day, which is a big, big part of my day, I picked out this one. So my slate breaker is a little combo, all right? It's Justin Fields and DJ Moore. The stack, baby. Ooh, the, Over the, the last stack. month. It's great. Over the last month, what if I told you that Justin Fields ranks number one in expected fantasy points at the quarterback position according to our own Marvin Eloquin's fantasy point model, which you can find only in the DFS pass. So number one over the last month, However, he's produced just 15.9 fantasy points per game. He's been almost six and a half points below expectation per game. But the last three games against these lines, 18 for 104 on the ground, 10 for 132 on the ground, and 13 for 147 and two on the ground. And then when you add in the fact that DJ Moore in his last four full games with Justin Fields, he's been the wide receiver seven, one, six, and 12. He's been a wide receiver one in four straight games. With Justin Fields, we just had that huge blip where they weren't there. So I love this combination. The Lions defense has been not good. 30 points per game allowed over the last month. So I think this could be a blow up spot for that stack. Yeah, we saw it a couple weeks ago. And you mentioned like the Lions defense has been bad. They are allowing 8.7 yards per pass attempt since week seven, the second worst mark in football. Uh, Truly abysmal on the defense side of the ball. So I love it, man. I think it's a really good spot to attack this week all right kyle are you ready for pain ready to get hurt again because i think it's a travis kelsey week you know no one's talking about him like everyone's kind of like ah he's older you know he finally had that really bad game with taylor swift there last weekend so you can't even play that narrative if she's there this week but is there a week where he could pop off for two touchdowns and lap the field yes is this the best game environment on the slate yes has buffalo struggled against the tight end yes 30th in schedule adjusted points the tight ends over the last six weeks. So I'm into it, man. I think he's a good play this week. Just one touchdown over his last five games. Sounds like a good spot to go right back to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I, it makes so much sense with the field probably punting the position. So I like that. Those are our slate breakers. Let's move on to one more segment. Prop it like it's hot. If you want all of our props, you can get them in the DFS Pass. Go to DFSPass.com and you can get alerted in our Discord channel including a Drake London one that we took in that line. Moving the lines. I actually don't know what the line is right now. I don't, I don't know. I just assume. Uh, we got it at minus 125. The last time I saw it was minus 145. Oh, that's huge. not as good of a play. Oh, huge movement. Yeah. Massive in the market, huh? Please get what? Four catches? That's all we need. That's all we need. Um, so Betts and I will each give out a prop that we like. This one, you can find on Underdog. I saw it on DraftKings, BetMGM. It is a player that I've always believed in. I've always been a true for her, and that's Damian Pierce. No, I've actually never really believed in him, <laughs> but I do like this line. It's 37 and a half rushing yards. He saw 15 opportunities last week. The snaps weren't great, but Jets have a weak run defense. The game is gross, and I think you're going to see similar usage this week. About 15 opportunities. And the rushing line is way too low. It's already at 39 and a half in a couple of spots. So I will take 37 and a half rushing yards, the over for one Damian, the goat Pierce. Yeah. Team's running uh, on the jets at the highest rate in football. So makes a lot of sense to me. I'm going to go with James cook. We already talked about him. I got this line on MGM and DK. It was 43 and a half rushing yards. I'm gonna take the over. This is a line he has hit in eight of 12 games this year. Um, and over the last couple of weeks, we talked about it with the OC change. He's gotten a ton of usage, 16 and 17 carries. And the Chiefs run D has really, really struggled in recent weeks. They're 27th in EPA per rush attempt over the last six weeks. And in that sample, they're allowing 5.2 yards per carry dead last in football. So this line is way too low for James Cook. If this line moves because we gave it out in Discord and on the show and you're late to the party, I have also seen 11 and a half rush attempts for him. You can also play that. Uh, just as much confidence as the rushing yards. 
feel like both of these props are showing that there's a lot of growth happening in us as people. I mean, I, you know me. I would never take a Damian Pierce one, and James Cook's never really been our guy. And look at us, right. just optimistically looking at two running backs with kind of really gross rushing totals. <laughs> what could go wrong, Kyle, this week? For one week, you're the biggest Damian Pierce truther in the world, and for this week, I'm all about James Cook. Let's do it. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. You can play in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, and Bets. We have some great contests if you want to join them. And we'll even, like I mentioned earlier, pro tease, have a really fun Monday night contest because we have two games. We'll get to tease that in the DFS pass. So make sure you join us, ballersdfs.com. You get in our league and then make sure you actually look at the contests that are already available sitting there for you. Bets, sign us off. Yes, sir. Fun week ahead of football. Like we said, the late swap is going to be a very interesting uh, strategy this week. But as Kyle said, come play with us in the DFS Pass. And we got some special content coming for you on Monday night. Enjoy the games. Good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Embedding Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.